1: Chumba. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. or by law. 18 plus
0: terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The dream is made real. Ricky Hattes rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger you and I'd kick your ass. It's over.
1: Welcome back to BTR Boxing Podcast Network, the Big Fight Reaction Show. I'm your host, Sean, joined as always by Johnston to react to Joe Joyce and Zile Zang. Well, what can we say about this fight? It certainly didn't go the way both of us were expecting. We both said Joe Joyce actually might come through this fight, but a lot of people saying that he got zanged. That is the new saying now about Joe Joyce versus Zile Zhang that he got zanged, or in some cases, some people are actually saying, chat shit and get zanged. That seems to be another phrase that people are using at the moment to describe what happened to Joe Joyce in the third round of their rematch on Saturday night. Well, we're here to talk about it, Johnston. We're here to talk about what went on, what transpired in that fight, what that means for the heavyweight division, what that means going forward for both of these guys because we knew it was a high stakes fight for both of them and also we've got other fights to recap on. Of course, Sandy Ryan getting absolutely robbed over in America. She seemingly dominated Jessica McCaskill but got robbed on the scorecards and it ended up being a draw. And then we've also got Richardson Hitchens getting the victory over Zapeda, and something we really wanted to cover in a little impromptu episode, but we couldn't get the time to do so, was Conor Ben returning to the ring at very short notice, being told four days before the fight that Conor Ben was going to be fighting. Definitely some conversations to have around that, but let's get straight into it, Johnston. What was your initial reaction to this Joyce and Zangri match then? Shocking, to say the least?
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, I wasn't surprised. Um, I was surprised how it finished. But um, if I was going to... when I was thinking of anything was, uh, you know, I like to call him Silly Bang. So I was thinking, Silly Bang, and the Joyce is gone. That's what I kept thinking in my head. Um, yeah, look, he... I mean, he looked even better, didn't he? Our, uh Big Bang zang. Um Literally... Um, I don't know Joyce. Went in. I was expecting him to be a little bit more attentive. We reckon he tried to sort of get himself warmed up and get into the fight. We know he's a slow starter, but he gradually picks up. And um, but Zhang just didn't give him the chance. Uh, he was—you could see what he had been working on was his right hand. <laughs> it's like and how to land it. Um, very clever performance. If anything, it was a better performance from from Zhang than it was whether we thought Joyce would get better. We, I didn't necessarily think. Zang would get better, but he did. He obviously went back to camera. and thought, well, how am I going to stop him? And um, what he did was he stopped him in truly remarkable situation where I just didn't see him knocking him out the way he did in that third round. And for it to only be three rounds, it's impressive, Sean, was not it? Uh, first round, you could see was sort of just getting his groove going. And, and from the second round on, it was all Zhang. Um, Joyce didn't have a chance in hell again i mean he didn't step he did circle to left of one minute but it didn't matter where he was moving he was getting tagged constantly and um yeah he, uh, he was just tailor-made for him maybe who knows but one one question is that how, how much of a banging punch has he got i mean if you're flooring joe joyce like that the iron chin man that's that's impressive it really is and then you sort of think to yourself maybe his chin wasn't as tough as we first thought but um, and maybe that's an accumulation through the years of constant punches to the head. Eventually, someone's going to knock you out. And that's what's happened, mate.
1: Well, it reminded me very much of when David Price got beaten by Tony Thompson, went straight in for the rematch and got beaten again. It, it yeah. kind of felt very much deja vu of that. Now, ultimately, we both thought Joyce might actually go the distance or, or at least maybe stop Zang in the distance. And, and more fool us in this situation, because we, I, I suppose, again, it was more like I said on, on the previews, I wanted him to win. It was more maybe my sort of heart desiring that Joyce win the fight over Zhang. But to be honest with you, I, I like I like his character Zhang. You know, he he's just there's, there's, there's no crap with him. He just gets in and does the job, and that's exactly what he's done. He's got in he's adapted. He's looked at how he can beat Joyce more emphatically in the second fight, and actually, he's rather than using his trademark left. He's actually finished in with the right. He actually set set it up with the left, fainted with the left jab, and then threw the right in. He opened up Joe Joyce and threw that right in. And it was quite a short-range shot as well, and that short-range shot had all the power in it, and it just took Joyce straight out. People might say Joyce's punch resistance had already failed before this fight. I mean, we we, we said no. In the preview, we both said no. Nah, you know, We can't just say he's, it's going to be like that because people were suggesting that was a problem. Going into this second fight, and and I suppose we both refused to believe that if you couldn't get rid of him in that fashion in the first fight, what are the chances he's going to do it again? But he did. He went and did it. He absolutely he took him out. And I think the pivotal moment in the fight was probably when he caught him with that first big shot. I think as soon as he caught Joyce with the first big shot, you could see the confidence completely drain out of Joyce, and that that's where you then see Joyce start to make the mistakes. And it didn't matter whether he was circling to the left or the right on this occasion. He, he, like you said, he he was ready for it. Zhang was ready for it. Zhang and his team must have anticipated that maybe they will adapt and maybe they will try to move a different way. And instead, they trained to make sure that they could land both the left and the right emphatically when they needed to. And it was a good tactile performance from him. He picked up where he left off from the first fight and he was good. And I, I, I've got to give him credit, all the credit in the world. I I now want to see him in big fights, simple as that, you know, he's made a fan out of me. You know, a couple of years ago, I was quite critical of him, and and rightly so, but when I saw him in the Hergovic fight, which I felt he won, I think from there onwards, I was a bit like, maybe I've underestimated this guy a little bit. When he got matched up with Joe, I was thinking, you know, Joe's got the relentlessness to do it, and lo and behold, he hasn't been able to do it. So for me now, Zhang's made a fan out of me, and I'm thinking, what's next for him? You know He's calling out Tyson Fury, but I'd like to see Joshua fight him in China. I think that that would be an interesting fight. If this Wilder fight can't be made, I'd like to see Joshua versus Zhang in China because that would be a rematch from the 2012 Olympics. So that would be an interesting take on on something there. And at this moment in time, given how I perceive Joshua and, and his confidence issues that I believe is going on behind the scenes... I think, I think Zang would stop him now. Even though he was beaten by Joshua and floored in their Olympics uh, in 2012, I think I think he beats Joshua now. Does he beat Fiore? No, I'm, I'm, I don't think he does. But I think you definitely give him a lot to think about. But ultimately now, Zang's put himself in prime position to be... He's like the wild card now in the heavyweight division. Like We were all talking about Joshua Wilder. We were talking about Fiore Usyk, which we want to see for Undisputed. Nobody really probably banked on the fact that Zhang was going to come along and beat Joe Joyce in the way he's done it and put himself on the map in the way that he's done it. And now he's sort of thrown himself into that mix where you're now actually excited about the prospects of him facing any of those top guys.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He, As you say, he's made a fan out of you. Same with me. Um, I thought he was limited. I called him uh, Bang Average uh, Zhang, I think. Because, um, I, I, I mean, there was there was he didn't really massively impress me. I think the first time I was like, oh, okay, this geezer can fight was when with the Hergovich fight and, and Hergovich looked terrible and then he made Joyce look terrible again and I sort of felt that maybe Hergovich and Joyce has underestimated him but then he proved in his second fight that he can adjust even at the age of 40. He's got a very, he's an, a very intelligent fighter. You know, there's a one thing going for him, it's intelligence and he's got power. Power is the last thing to leave you. So if you've got any intelligence with that, then you're laughing, really. And, uh, you know, this the heavyweight division has always been for, you know, you can go on to your 40s. But normally, at this point now, you would think that punch resistance would start to fade and Joyce didn't really put anything on him. So it would be interesting to see someone actually land something on Zhang, really spiteful and hurtful in the first sort of maybe taking him six, in six rounds on. Because I still feel that there's, there's definitely going to be something there where you could get rid of him. I just feel like he had Joyce's number. Um, when you look at that Hergovich victory now, even though I still think Zhang won it, you sort of go, oh, okay. Tell you what, maybe Hergovich really did. He's uh, better than we think then, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Um, maybe it's just a terrible stylis- stylistically fight. Uh, but, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, Zang wants Fury. Um, would Fury take I don't think Fury would want to take it. I mean, even Joyce said you- he now understands why he's one of the most feared heavyweights out there. He's a bit like the Luis Ortiz situation. Who's going to want to fight him? And what is... You know what's the cost? He's just going to have to keep force himself to be in a situation where he's the full-on mandatory, and then from there, it's whether the champion decides to fight him. I don't know if he would beat Joshua. I'm still not too convinced. I think Joshua's good enough to move away from some of them shots that Joyce got hit with. Joyce is a standing target. The only thing he had going for him was the fact he just ate shots. He would just eat any any punches coming. He just eat them up and keep coming forward. He has. No way does he have a better technique than Joshua. Joshua's got a better technique. If anything, he's one of the better technicians in the game, although it's not that great. And that's the craziness of it. That's why Tyson Fury looks so tremendous at times for a big fella. Um, So for me, Sean, I I still, for all that, I've enjoyed watching this guy destroy Joyce. I mean, I wanted Joyce to win, but it's enjoyable to see a guy do that, especially the age of 40, you know, and now he wants a big fight in China. I, I, I don't think Joshua would bother going near him. Um, and I don't see the point in Joshua even fighting him. I think, you know, even Wilder, that's what makes it... He's actually, by him doing what he's done, Sean, I think he's forced this Joshua Wilder fight in there now. Because that's the fight everyone wants to see. That's the fight where Joshua and Wilder are both going to earn big money. That fight will happen. And Zhang's performance has probably helped that. Because now, if if that, that fight doesn't happen, Sean, where are either of them two going to go? What are they going to go and fight Zhang? Because that's the next name everyone's going to be calling for. And you're going to not have as much money for that. And a big charge, you're getting knocked out. So I think, if anything, Joshua does fight Wilder. And then I think, you know what? Usyk, if Usyk doesn't fight Joshua, Usyk will fight Zhang. Because he's the guy. He apart, bear apart, in mind, Dillian White for me, Usyk and Joyce is the only other guy that will fight anyone in the heavyweight game. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see Usyk Zhang, mate.
1: Well, I think uh, that'll happen because he's the WBO mandatory. He had the interim heavyweight title, didn't he? Uh, with the, with the, with that win the first time round over Joe Joyce. So that makes him, I would have thought now, mandatory for the WBO title, which is currently held by Alexander Usyk. And in waiting around for a Fury fight, will he take this fight in the interim? Yes, if Fury keeps messing around, he will take the fight because he's, he's going to want to fight. You know, he's going to be forced to fight at some point or he'll end up being stripped of his title by the WBO so he might have no choice but to fight Zhang if Fury decides to carry on messing around with negotiations for an Usyk fight next year you'd like to think like you just said about the Joshua Wilder fight you'd like to think now as a result of Zhang doing what he's done with Joyce putting himself into position to fight for the WBO title you'd think that I'd make also make the Fury and Usyk fight Because of the fact that are either of those two guys really going to want to go near him and and risk it all against him? Because I know if I was in that position, why would I want to risk that position that I'm in? Having, say, a new six position, he's got three titles and he's got a big mega money fight against the WBC champion for all the marbles. Why would you then want to risk it against the guy who's the interim champion who's mandatory for it? Why would you want to risk it? What you'd want to do is you'd want to get into negotiations with the other champion in the division, and what would happen is the likelihood is every sanctioning body would agree to let the by- the mandatories be bypassed so that this fight could happen. That- that's essentially what you'd think would make this fight happen. However, what Tyson Fury's doing is he's doing a lot of talking and not enough negotiations. So once he goes past this exhibition with Francis Ngannou at the end of October, surely then it's it's about getting that fight done. And poor Zhang gets left in the code because Joshua fights Wilder, Usyk fights Fury, which is what we want, essentially... What does what does Zhang do from there? Does he go for the rematch with Hergovic? Because obviously Hergovic being IBF mandatory now, you think maybe he'd, he'd want to put himself into a position by trying to get that rematch? Because logically, you know the other fighters that are floating around the division at the moment, uh, you know like the Dillian Whites. Is he going to come back? We don't know because he had an adverse finding in his test, so we don't know what's happening with him. You know, does he want to risk it all against fighting another lower rank contender than he is? So it's putting everybody in a really difficult position. I don't I don't think Zang will go without a fight. I think he will fight. If he doesn't end up fighting one of the big guys, you could end up seeing something ridiculous like a Zhang versus Andy Ruiz or something because these are guys that are sort of these are guys that are on the fringe, these are guys that are on the outside that are not quite in contention but are, are, are legit contenders. If they was put in a fight with any of the top guys, you wouldn't really complain at it, because these are legit contenders around the area. So it does sort of beg the question: what happens next, and whether this win from Zhang will actually force the fights that we want to see. It's really interesting that you've you've made that that point, and, and it, it made me feel about the Fury Usyk fact that it, surely now both of them have got to see the value in making sure that the negotiations happen, and and where it leaves Zhang. But the one thing we haven't spoke about is what does Joyce do now?
0: Yeah, and I know. Just, just, just reflecting quickly, I think what we're going to get in a position where I don't think Tyson Fury is going to fire Usyk, he's going to just wait, he's going to buy this time, I do believe, I think he will, uh, once, he, I mean, the WBC are definitely not going to strip him, and Usyk has already now got past his mandatory for the uh, WBA, so he now is going to have two mandatories now coming up, and one of them's going to be Zhang, and the other's going to be Hergovic, one for IBF, which is Hergovic, and the other WBO for Zhang, he's going to be forced into taking one of them. And the only thing that stops him from getting stripped of one of them belts will be if Tyson Fury fights. And Tyson Fury will not fight him. Even though Usyk's going to now be in danger of losing one of them titles, he's going to have to pick one. He's going to have to put pick the IBF or the WBO contender. And... Um...
1: What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: I mean, you would think you'd you'd for, for Usyk you'd, you'd pick Ergovitch when you. What's the point of fighting Zhang? Uh, let Zhang get another year. older Um and let Zhang fight whoever he wants to fight. Maybe Fury. Who knows? But yeah, going back to uh, Joyce. Well, I, I just need to go back to Jorgenson. He really does. Um, maybe now he's lost that feeling in his head now where he can walk through anything, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for him because I feel that him feeling he was indestructible is probably good for him. And now he's going to be like, well, now I can get ironed at. Okay, it's against a big puncher, but yeah, it's, it's a tough one to call. I would like to see him fight Daniel Dubois. I think someone mentioned that about a rematch with Daniel. And um, I think that's a good fight. I think um, that'd sell and it would show whether Daniel's improved and whether... Joyce is declining slightly. It might be the perfect time for them two to get in an exciting fight. And a winner that comes through can then move on to other things. I'd like to see that.
1: That's a good shout. I'd agree with that. I'd I'd, I'd accept that fight if that was put on the table now because they've got history between one another. There's a lot of questions around Daniel's heart and determination, not only from that fight, but obviously from the Usyk fight, of course. So Daniel's got a lot to prove. Joyce, if he wants to get himself in any way of contention again, he's got to beat Daniel. Then he's got to get these fights in, hasn't he? He's got to come back. But how much is he going to be mentally scarred from these fights that, that's the other thing for me as well he's like surely the confidence is going to be taken right out of him David Price was never the same after he lost to Tony Thompson twice never the same okay he had a couple of he had a couple of good fights after that he was good while it lasted against Povetkin you know obviously he had that fight and beat Dave Allen and but I mean we're talking about Joe Joyce Joe Joyce absolutely destroyed Joe Parker like and then for him to be on that run and then to lose twice uh, back to back and then secondly in an emphatic fashion it's going to take a it's got to take a lot out of him mentally surely and only only his next fight will tell us the answer to that people are saying he should retire at this point I mean we suggested that could be a possibility but I still think he's got time he's got two I mean if Sang's forty and, and and where he's at Joe Joyce has just turned 38, so there is a little bit of time left for him to do something in the division, to at least get into one of those big, significant fights. He's going to be a longer roll back, of course, but if it starts with someone like a Daniel Dubois, then, of course, yeah, get get the victory. He's, he's been classed as a former WBA heavyweight champion, isn't he? So, you know, that's, that's a good opportunity for, for them two to go at it, and a good fight. I think it's a good fight. They've both just come off losses. You know, that would be perfect. Perfect fight, good matchmaking, and then where does Joyce go from then if he wins does he go Andy Ruiz does he go the loser of uh, Joshua Wilder you know there's, there's possibilities that are probably pretty much endless really when it comes down to it but the reality is Joyce versus De Bruyne next I think he's a really good shout and I think that would be the one where I'd say right two guys trying to get back on the saddle two guys that need confidence building from straight in at the deep end and, and let's see let's see where it goes from there so yeah I, I, I'm thinking that's probably a good shout and If anybody listening thinks the same, then you're going to have to let us know. Or you're going to have to let us know an alternative. Like I say, I know people are saying, Joey should retire at this point. People are saying his chin is gone, his confidence is gone. He's never going to be the same. But we've seen it before with fighters. Some fighters can come back from this and can go on to do things. So let's just hang fire a little bit maybe on the retirement thing. And if he did lose again and it looked pretty bad and emphatic and his confidence clearly looked shattered then I'd be the first one to stand up and say, yeah, it's time to go. But I think you've made a really good point. Bois versus Joyce would be a, a really good fight for his next fight.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, it, that would be a perfect preparation, as you say, for moving into the next fight. I mean, if he gets beat again, then yeah. But as I, we, we said it before, you know, if he loses this fight to Zane, it's going to be another couple of years. He'll be 40 by the time he probably does get himself into contention again. And Yeah, look, I think a lot of rest taking literally now it's in September Christmas you know take the whole lot, all the rest of the year off look to come back after, after Christmas start you know always going to be in training anyway. but around January every time then really start thinking about who you want to fight see what's happened after Christmas or what's been what's now scheduled in as well because I'm just looking at the WBO rankings here Sean I, I do believe it's going to be forced into a position where he's going to have to fight one of them mandatories I believe he'll pick Hergovich. If he's gotten some bigger nuts that I think he may have, he will pick Zhang. But I don't. I think he'll go Hergovic. because Hergovich probably been waiting a bit longer, and he has he has beaten Zhang. End of the day, and uh, no matter how, what our feelings were, um, so what I do believe that is that WBO belt is going to he's going to lose it, uh, and Fury will be happy. He won't care. You know, snow there will be no more undisputed. That's going to f- be fragmented, and that WBO title right. So I will just have a look at the rankings here. Number one is Joshua. Number five is Wilder. And that's why I believe that them two will fight each other because they're the next ones really in line that are going to be put in a position, especially Joshua, where you're going to be like, well, you're number one contender. The WBO's gone. Zhang is definitely in there. Uzi's opponent. It's got to be Joshua, the first on the table. Joshua will be like, no, I'm fighting Wilder. That will put them two out of the picture. That's why I feel that that fight will happen now. And then who's next? Anderson. Could you imagine Gerald Anderson, 16 and 0, has got a great opportunity and frank sanchez they're the two fellas one and two one two and three who could potentially fight fight zang for the wbo world title i wouldn't be surprised if it is one of them two against zang fighting for a world title next year sean
1: well let's see how it all pans out It's uh it's, it's potentially quite crap for us really like if it goes uh, that way yeah. because it means <laughs> that <shit>, <laughs> the, the the belts gets they get fragmented like you're saying it ends up like losing that wanting a generation opportunity to see an undisputed heavyweight champion. You know, it makes me feel a little bit depressed thinking about it, to be honest. So I I'm know. gonna I'm gonna kinda of, Fury holds the cards though, because he's I know he does the fight. I do believe he does. And Fury's gonna be like, no, you've
0: got to take 10%, I've got to take 90%. I mean and, <laughs> and then he don't want to negotiate because he's not, that ten percent he reckons is going to earn him more money than all of his other fights put together. It's a joke. It's a joke to say things like that, but he will not fight him. One of them belts again, Sean, I think it'd be a WBO and we're gonna have a new WBO heavyweight champion but then he will have a title he wouldn't have to fight a mandatory so you know th- this is where the undisputed if it doesn't get sorted short it ain't happening
1: well i agree with you on that so let's just see how the next few months go in terms of negotiations rankings fury and then of course and everything that comes with that so We will certainly see how the landscape changes again by the end of the year. Of course, when we come to our end of year show, I'm sure we'll be talking about this. And in the Boxing Wishlist 2024, it'll definitely come up for that as well. Uh, But I think that is probably one of the last big heavyweight fights of the year, as we've said. So that that is that, I think, for the time being for the heavyweight division. We'll see if anything does change. Of course, Fury versus Ngannou is an exhibition. It doesn't have any bearing upon the heavyweight rankings and what is going on in the heavyweight division in boxing at the moment. So we will obviously see what goes on there. But of course, it doesn't have any bearing on on the future, I don't think, regardless of, of what happens in it. So we're going to use the rest of the episode, of course, to round up some of the other things that went on over the weekend. Now, before we talk about... The fights, before we mention certain fights that happened, I think the one point that we wanted to really bring up in the episode was, of course, Connor Ben. And I feel like he consumes a lot of people's content on social media at the moment because after we let our episode go live last week, the big fight preview, I think within a couple of hours of it going live, I seen the announcement and I sent it to you on WhatsApp of, of Connor Ben four days before the actual card was being put on the Richards and Hitchens and Jose Zapeda card in Florida. So as, as we kind of suspected, he would get a license America because that would be the only place he'd be able to fight because the board and UCAD are appealing the decision that he is a cleared fighter. So he goes out there in the early hours of Sunday morning and gets a decision victory over his opponent. And I watched the highlights of it and I didn't want to sit and tune into it because I still feel a bit annoyed that this situation is still happening as, as a fan. So he goes in there and beats 32-3-3 three and three, Rodolfo, or, or I think it's Ozoko, that's the one, Azoko, and he beats Azoko. and I watched the highlights, and it looked like Ben, he looked pretty sharp in there, he looked like he was dominating the fight, and it just looked like he couldn't get his opponent out of there, and he was actually fighting up at super well-awaited for this fight, so he's not quite boiled down to that welterweight limit that he used to fight it looks like this potential matchup against chris eubank jr may happen and i've read in the aftermath of conor Ben getting this victory over the weekend that the rumor is that this fight is going to happen and it is going to happen in december with chris eubank jr so i suppose before we talk about sandy ryan's robbery against jessica mccaskill and we talk about richardson hitchens and jose zepeda this is this is quite a prevalent talking point for me like why was connor ben allowed in the ring i know it was a different license i know it was a different state and it was a different country completely but surely the principle of what this sport is about it just gets it gets pissed all over doesn't it with something like this happening
0: ah oh, it does show this i don't know what, it, what to think of the whole situation i mean the guy hasn't been cleared of anything um but yet, yeah, and, and he can't fight in this country at the minute because obviously there's a there's, a, there's an appeal going on between the British Boxing Board of Control and, of course, um, the UCAD as well. So, um, yeah, I don't really know what to think of it. Uh, there was something I did hear, like I think it was on on Thursday when I heard that um, that Conor's going to be put on a card I and mean, when he's going to be fine someone. It's going to be this this Saturday night already on Sunday morning. I was like, wow, okay, um, wasn't expecting that. Um, I don't really know what to think about it other than, am I bothered? Um, he, he, he can't, he, if he was to go and fight over there, he can. I, if he's going to fight Eubank in December, there could be implications for, for Eubank to take that fight. So, I do worry whether that fight will happen. I think you. I think if anything, he's going to have to get completely cleared, um, which I don't think is going to happen. If anything, I mean, what's it been, 15 years? Whether they... They give him some sort of, they decide, you've been guilty, but we're going to, we've we'll suspended you for 12 months. You know how they do that in retrospect? And then he sort of served his ban because he hasn't fought. It's been 15 months.
1: Well, did so it with Tyson Fury, didn't it. they? Did, did it with Tyson Fury and the, the Nandrolone situation. Yeah. So he was out because of his mental mental illness. And, and, and it basically, over that time that he was out because of that, he'd served uh, the supposed ban as a result of yeah. it. So it does so happen. Band, it? Yeah, and exactly.
0: We're cousins, aren't we are cousins sorry.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it does happen. So you're right. This could happen. And what are the implications of him taking a fight with Conor Ben, Chris Eubank? Because I believe he he's still licensed with the British Boxing Board of Control, is he not? So I think he no. Um, did he say something new? Oh no, that was someone else. If he, now Eubank does.
0: I'm sure Eubank does hold one. And, and I think there's the, the the implications are if if they decide in this appeal that actually Conor is not having a boxing, he ain't going to get a license in this country. Um, then there are implications on fighters fighting him. And there's also implications on promoters promoting his yep. fights in this country. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it, it all varies on this appeal, doesn't it? I, I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if there's a retrospective appeal. And it does remind me of, I remember the old athletics um, when I used to watch Justin Gatlin um, and he fouled, he was banned, I think, for a few years and um, just tarnished his whole career. He was a tremendous runner, Gatlin. I'm sure those that watch athletics know, but obviously Bolt was around at the time, just demorished. Just ripping it up, and and when he used to pitch up, was whether I'm watching the Diamond Legs or the World Championships or Olympics. If Gatlin, when Gatlin was finally allowed to come out, and he always used to pitch up, he was always close. He was a very fast runner, he's get booed all the time, and I do see this happening with Connorshaw and I can see the same thing. If this thing is this whole matter isn't cleared up, and he's especially if he comes out and find, you know, he ain't getting his license back, he is getting suspended. Then that is clear confirmation that he's cheated he will get booed wherever he goes he will he no matter what country he's in he could be over here he's gonna be the he will be the baddie all the time now um so i I don't think he minds it he just wants to keep fighting i I, I sort of shrug at this fight i'm not really bothered he fought in another country who cares it's interesting he becomes over here though that's when it starts to get a little bit Yeah, it's going to get very interesting, isn't it?
1: We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Again, it's another watch this space situation and and see how it pans out. But it was something I wanted to address because, you know, it came out a couple of hours after we did the episode. And normally we'd throw out like an impromptu conversation about it. But it was the good opportunity after he had the fight to sort of see what we think in retrospect now, now that it's happened. But on that card, obviously, was fights that we did cover for the preview. Sandy Ryan going over to face Jessica McCaskill and looking at picking up three other titles to add to a WBO. Well, many people in boxing and people like myself who watch this sport avidly saw Sandy Ryan win that fight. However, the judges saw something completely different. How they gave seven rounds and one of the cards to Jessica McCaskill, I will never know. And we we have to throw out the word robbery sometimes. Not all the time. Sometimes fights can be close. But for me, like there was one card, ninety-seven, ninety-three, that went to McCaskill. Uh, the the actual judge was Mark Streisand. I don't know how he saw that card. For me, Sandy Ryan dominated that fight. I I, I, I can understand why people think it could have been closer. But I feel like she's really been done over badly here. And it's, again, not as bad as maybe Taylor Catterall, but still worthy of the word robbery. A lot of people feel the same. And after watching the fight back, I, I'm absolutely adamant that she she won that fight. And she's the poor girl's devastated because she put everything into that fight. She overcame that adversity. We said, what will she do? I wasn't sure myself going into it, but she, she, to me, she bossed it. She did what Chantal Cameron did. And it kind of felt like a bit of a repeat performance in in that sense, but for Sandy Ryan. And I just feel for her because I don't know whether she'll get another shot at this now, whether she'll get another shot at all them titles, whether them titles become fragmented, whether Jessica McCasker, like you said, Johnston in the preview, might be on the slide a little bit. She doesn't look good in the last fight. (sighs) For me, Sandy Ryan has been put in a Catrol situation where Catrol should have been champion on the night that he faced Josh Taylor didn't get it, and now he's having to fight the leftovers of Jorge Linares to get some sort of credibility on his resume to, to go in there and fight for a world title in a division. I hope that doesn't happen with Sandy, but you can kind of see the boxing world doing that.
0: Yeah, folks. I mean, the Orlando crowd uh, booed that decision. Um, and I think anyone that watched the fight on television did the same because predominantly everybody sort of felt that Sandy had done enough. Uh, Jessica at times yeah she, she she did okay but she was hurt and it was the bigger and the taller girl in Sandy Ryan that for me the the youthful energy came through she outworked Jessica Jessica said she, can't, she She felt she landed some of the cleaner fights and felt she should have won by a split decision no uh, if anyone should have got a split decision it would have been Sandy Ryan had the fellas pulling out a 97-93 I don't know uh, I don't think there was enough close rounds for you to score it that way to Jessica there were more dominant rounds from Ryan for me. So I felt that Ryan won the fight. I don't think anyone would have even moaned. No, there would have been no booing. That's for sure. The crowd would have accepted it. And Jessica, I think, would have accepted it. Whether she wanted to say she felt that she won a split decision. She knew she didn't work too well. Sandy was just too strong, too young, too fresh. And it, the great thing about Sandy Ryan is, Sean, sure, when she comes out and she says um, that, you know, she wants to rematch. And she doesn't moan. What she says is, is you know what, maybe I just didn't win it, it's clear cut, she was the champion, she held, she held sort of the three belts, I wanted to take them belts off of her, and become a unified champion, and she felt that she didn't, maybe there were times where she didn't do enough, she wasn't as dominant as she wanted to be, in some of the other rounds, so what you're seeing, if anyone hasn't seen it, is is Sandy Ryan dominates the majority of the rounds, any other rounds are quite close, I don't really feel that Jessica won that many, maybe two or three, Um, it should have been a 97, 93 the other way for me, um, even the judge, the, the other judge, 95, 95, I don't get. Oh, mate, I think 94, 96 is actually still being generous to Jessica, Sean. So, it is a robbery. I think Sandy's been done there. And I hope, as you say, she only end up like a all sort of end up on the scrap heap and picking up bits and bobs from other fighters. I think what she needs to do is try and force this rematch.
1: Jessica seems that she wants it. Sandy wants it. Do it. Absolutely. Definitely do it. it would definitely be a, a, a good fight. And hopefully. Sandy will get the opportunity to, to do it. Well, in the main event on that card, Richardson Hitchens, we said we wanted to see whether he is the real deal, and he certainly is. He got a really good decision victory over Jose Zapeda in that fight. Felt like he dominated that fight, actually. I think he, he did really well. He To me, having had limited sort of exposure to him as a fighter... Having really seen that in its entirety, I was like, yeah, they, this this is one hell of a fire. I mean, 120, 108 on two cards, 119, 109 on the other, just goes to show you the, the dominance that he had. And I think it was actually reflective. Sometimes you'll say, ah, maybe that was a bit harsh on, on Zapeda." I actually don't think it was. I think he, he, Hitchens dominated him. And Zapeda to me, it just made him sort of look old. Like, you know, sometimes it makes fighters look old when they get dominated in that way. And I think it made him look a little bit old. But he's certainly put his stamp on the Super Lightweight division. And he's someone that maybe, talking of Jack Catterall, maybe that's a potential fight in the future for him because Richardson Hitchens now, you know, he's picked up these minor titles, uh, IBF North American, WBC Silver, WBO, NABO Super Lightweight title. He's getting himself right up there in the rankings now as a result. So it's not going to be long before fights like Catterall and Hitchens are put on the table because it's going to be maybe a contendership fight. So... You've got to watch out for this guy. If you didn't tune into his fight, guys, go and watch the fight against Zapeda because he was uh, was just a one-sided fight and potentially like the next big guy in this super lightweight division.
0: I agree. Um, I really do. I think what I liked about him was his his use of the jab. Um, He was working really well behind the jab against Zapeda, nullifying anything that was coming his way through some great right hands and he got more and more confident the more the fight went on and Zapeda's confidence just went and it was in the end, he started landing combinations, uppercuts. He was enjoying himself in there. He really looked very good. And, and you know, he's, you look at this division, I mean, you've got Pro Gray, you got Lopez. I don't see the need for him to be jumping in with one of them yet. He's only 17 and 0, but that's a great performance. Maybe like a Babosa Jr. would be a good fight as well. As you said, Catterall. You know, there's some other names, Sandy Mart, Sandor Martin, who, you know, doesn't, I still feel like he's a, he's got a fighter in that guy. And, he gave Lopez a world of trouble. There's some big names in there. Russell uh, Jr. as well is another one. Uh, Ryan Garcia. Well, apparently, he looked like he's fighting um, Lopez, isn't he? I think, Garcia. So, um, was it Lopez? or I think it is Lopez, yeah. Um, but, yeah, just I've, I really enjoyed watching him. Uh, definitely. One, only 25 years of age as well. Still young. Plenty in the tank. Definitely. If you didn't see the fight, go and watch the fight. You'll see what we're talking about. And, uh, yeah, keep a good eye out for him because he definitely is uh, a... Uh, He's a contender for a world title.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. 100% agree. Uh, Amo Williams got the victory over Steve Rose. Really good unanimous decision victory for him in that fight. That, that moves him on in his career in the middleweight division but going back to the Zhang and Joyce card of course there were a few fights that were of interest to me and to yourself on that card Anthony Yard returning to the ring looking like lope dog from don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood I thought that was uh, a really funny funny moment Uh, and i I actually seen someone post a meme about it funnily enough after the fight yeah he had a he had a lope dog hairstyle uh, in that fight but He's back. He's back to winning ways, KO in the second round. Interestingly, Zach Parker moving up to light heavyweight. Talk of him fighting Anthony Yard, saying he wants that fight. I was really interested to see that. And obviously, he was able to break down his opponent in seven rounds. And and there was a retirement in their corner in in seven rounds for Zach Parker. So there's definitely a, an easy fight to make in-house. With obviously, Queensbury there between those two. So I think that might be a possibility in the future. Then you had a really good performance from Bryce and Barney-Smith. Moses Atama, eighteen years old, going into his fifth professional fight, KO in the first round. He's a heavyweight, but he was moving and he had the speed of a welterweight. I know Frank Warren likes to talk a lot about his heavyweight fighters, and we know how how he likes like to go over the hill a little bit with them sometimes. So far, I've been impressed with Moses Atama. I think I think maybe he could be really one to look out for as he progresses through the heavyweight division ranks. I'm I'm really interested in seeing where his career goes. He's 18 years old. You look at him and you don't think he's 18. And you think, let's just slow down a little bit. He's five eyes into his career. Let's make sure they don't feed him to the wolves too soon. And we know Frank Warren in the UK, he's probably the master marinator of fighters. And we know he'll be the guy that'll basically take him through the ranks and not throw him into a big fight too soon, hopefully. But he's definitely one. If you've not seen that fight, go and watch it. It was a quick fight. Easy, easy win for him and he moves on in his career. Tommy Fletcher also got a win in four rounds on there, and we also saw Sean Noakes get a victory as well on that particular card. Pierce O'Leary versus Kane Gardner was a pretty decent scrap. Well, well, that went through its distance. At one point, Kane got put down, and I thought he was going to get stopped during that, but he managed to grit his way through the fight and go to go the bell with Pierce O'Leary, which I thought was uh, quite an interesting fight as well. But overall, Johnston, you know, the, the, the main talk for us on this show has obviously been about the heavyweight division and the main fight that we covered last week and you know we've given our opinions and I think the next few months are really going to tell us a story about where the heavyweight division is going to go and and we've I think there's some really sort of things to think about now with with how this victory for Zhang could change the landscape strangely enough it really could it could lead to fights being made but it also could lead to people losing belts as a result of it and it You know, whilst it can be good for boxing at times, these things happening, this actually might turn out to be the opposite, where Usyk, as you rightly pointed out, might end up losing either the WBO or the IBF title, and Fury continues to dick around doing what he's doing and and not taking the fight. And as you said, Johnston, and I agree with you totally, all the cards are with Fury now. All the cards are with Fury. And if he doesn't push this fight with Usyk, we're not going to get to see an undisputed champion in our generation. And that's going to be a crying shame.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm with you in in in, in that respect. Um, it's crazy he held one title, but it's so difficult to hold on to You know, the others. The rest is it's just not easy. Um, I'm just trying to think out of the IBF and the WBO, who's the sort of guys that will force the mandatory more than
1: the other? IBF, 100% um, IBF. Yeah, IBF. It got to
0: be historically, doesn't it? Um, they'll strip him, but they'll strip well, that's him. Why...
1: That's the thing, they'll strip him if he doesn't take it. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think WBA might be okay with that. Leave Zhang in a position where who does he fight? Maybe maybe someone like a Gerard Anderson. I think that'd be a good... I mean, that'd show a lot of will. He really young, up-and-coming heavyweight. And then you got Zhang, the older guy that's just drummed Joyce. Yeah, that could be a fascinating duel, actually. And whether it show a lot with Anderson, how good he is. And um, also Zhang. I mean, that, that is a... It seems out of order on Zhang, really, but Zhang doesn't need... To, he's faulty. He can't be waiting around to try and get this fight. So, um, will the WBO really want him to be their champion? It depends, isn't it? When you think about the amount of money they could earn in China for, you, you know, one of them organisations, or WBO, sorry, I should say, they may be thinking, and we'll probably get a bit more money if we do give him that title. We faulty because he'd fight in China for us and earn us probably a bit more than what Usyk's earning us at the minute. So I don't know, it's it's difficult, isn't it? It really is. Um, I think, to be honest with you, I think he really has, I think he's given Joshua and Wilder a kick up the backside because they're quite highly ranked in the WBO. And to lose face by not fighting Zhang, they'd rather fight each other. I think that's just, I think that, if anything, that's going to make that fight happen even more. But I just, again, I think Fury, I don't even, I don't think he's even, I don't think he's going to come back, Sean. Who's he going to fight? I just, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm in this situation now where he, you know, he wants to be top of the Forbes list. I think that's his ambition at the minute. So, uh, mate, I, I mean, Cole Frotch put it in, in a nutshell. He was like, you know, he was saying that Fury was basically instigating that he's getting the up because he didn't earn the money he got for fighting a debutant um, because Frotch was giving him a bit of stick. And Frotch was like, yeah, fine. But when it comes to the end of your career, when you're, um, your career gets looked at. And with the resume you've currently got, you will not be in the Hall of Fame. So he's saying, well, oh, while I'm sitting at the top table with all the other fighters in the Hall of Fame, you'll be sitting somewhere else at the back because you won't belong there because your resume is not good enough. So, and I believe him with that. I think he needs two fights. Fury, does not he? He needs to fight sick. Hopefully nothing controversial. And he wins it as he should do, really, in terms of his size, which I don't think he will. But, you know, I'll, I'll go against this. That's fine. And then he needs to beat Joshua. But then, if Joshua gets smashed up by Wilder, that fight gets put away, doesn't it? He doesn't need to fight Joshua anymore, which is sad. But it's just what it is. What it is. He will probably fight Usyk when Usyk's lost a few buy- belts, and that be it, mate. You won't ever see an undisputed champion. I can't. I, I'm going to be negative and say that we won't see one,
1: fortunately well we'll see how it all pans out as we said by the end of the year i'm sure we'll know a little bit more about what is happening in in this division but that is it for this episode guys thank you so much for tuning in to the big fight reaction show if you've got any thoughts feelings and opinions on anything we've said in the show please do let us know on social media at btr boxing pod on twitter or btr boxing podcast network on facebook on instagram on the youtube channel and on tiktok as well thank you to all the patrons who are always supporting us. Thank you so much for your support as always. And if you've not subscribed to us, you can do so on Apple and Spotify and Google or any good available podcasting app out there. Of course, we are back this week. We have got the second part of the Manny Pacquiao career profile being released. Please do tune in for that. And we will also be back with a big fight preview for Canelo versus Charlo. Ah!
0: Podcast Network.